Why he fighting fighting this? Why what 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 what, what is his goal? Welcome back to the immigrant section. As you can see, we are in a new studio. Long story What? short, let me first introduce the guest today. We got Paul Thompson. Paul Thompson in the house. How are you, man? I'm I'm good, man. I'm chilling. Appreciate you coming through. Test riding the new studio. Yo, I'm happy to be in the new studio. Bro. It's not bad, huh? Yeah, I like it. I like that. Yeah, I see. Are you seeing these tires over here? <laughs> Yo, the tires I liked a lot. Like, Legit, eh? Yeah, it's cool. You a car dude? Uh, no, 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 not really. <laughs> you know, I like cars, but I definitely would not be qualified to say that I'm a car dude. Uh, Paul's a comedian here. Paul Thompson here out here in Toronto. Uh, this dude is pretty much gave me my breaks when I first moved out to the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, you were hosting your Thursday show at the Corner Comedy Club at yeah. the time. You yeah. were one of the only cats in Toronto who was like, let me go up man yeah you know how like when lot. you go to a comedy scene it's like for months people just give you the shoulder yeah yeah and sometimes it goes to years it's like i don't know what i have to do yeah to no i hear that a lot man i hear that a lot that like people are like you were one of the first guys and stuff but like man if, if i see something in somebody like i'm never wrong you know i give them i give them a shot and and i know how that is like why not i don't know i don't really even think about it like that like it's like if i see something in someone i'm not like i don't think i'm like you know helping some young kid out or something like that i'm just like yeah man like if you're funny like keep coming you know what i mean people just like i don't know people have this thing that like i need to see you for one full year before yeah or whatever something know, like but that. it's like man there's so much like there's not that many good comedians period do you know what i mean so like what are you gonna do B book your same eight funny friends that are maybe not all funny or just funny to you or like you're just gonna like you know, it's still important to like, man, honestly, like truth, truth be told, like if someone's new to comedy and I just think that they're like a cool person and like pretty funny, I'm like, I'll just keep giving them spots. That's ex eventually that's you the know? exact type of attitude I want to have, like when I can actually give back like that, like even with my yeah. plus time comedy show, I yeah. had uh, these two new comics. They both showed up to watch. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Uh, you guys can literally do guest sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You just showed up. They came from Hamilton. To just watch. to watch oh dude i know i know and you're like why not yeah give those give those people an opportunity honestly it's like yeah just somebody who's like cool to hang out with and stuff that's always like the key i'm like man if this guy can get funny then that's wicked because i want more cool people to hang out with you know i've already said this to you uh to your face but i just want to have it here on air of the <laughs> immigrant section bro i watch on the nubian show i pretty much uh sorry about that i'm just setting this thing here uh on the Nubian show, I pretty much talked about my booing. Like, I've done the Nubian show one time, bro. Okay, yeah. And I got booed off, okay? I, I made it almost that. to the end, uh, six minutes into my seven-minute yeah. set, but I got booed off is the point. Right. Uh, so, it's like, for me, it's like it's the daunting. thing I'm fighting toward, you know? Yeah, it's like man. my fear, you know? Like, like Rocky. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like I put a face, like a picture of the Nubian show, and I'm like <laughs> punching yeah, and yeah. shit. But, like, I walked in... On the Nubian show's 25th anniversary show. Right. Uh, which was... December what? 29th? Dude, Just I walked recently? in. Me and my girl, we walked in and first of all, sold out. It was just a standing room. Barely any room to stand. Uh -huh. But I opened the curtains back of the Yak Yaks Toronto and it's just 
murder. Yeah. Murder. Paul Thompson, you on stage, bro. Yeah. It's possibly the hardest I've seen. And I don't say this like uh-huh. I said this to you even before this. Dude, it was like the hardest I've seen someone kill in like yeah. Toronto. You know? Yeah, I would hope I was so. Like, that, Holy yeah, that's, that's, shit. that's what I was going for for sure. You know what I mean? I always am. But they are like a like, Def no Jam ex- set. Yeah, no excuses, man. No excuses for me. Like, man, you know, I came super prepared for that, and I'd be disappointed if it was anything less than that. Do you know what I mean? To have a good set, I knew everybody was gonna have a good set. I want to fucking rock that. I want to make it difficult for the next two people that had to follow me. Do you know what I mean? I want to fuck that shit up. You're literally my fear. You know what yeah. I mean? Like no, and that, that, that's man. That's the, what it has to be. You know, I love rap battles so much. Do you know what I mean? You like, think they channel the same kind of thing? Like I channel it for sure. That's like my thing for sure. Like, man, rap battles. Like, yeah, you can't at the end of the day. Like, oh, hopefully we both have a good. Like, no. Nah. You know what I mean? Like you're you're coming in to fucking kill. You know? oh, and at the okay. end of the day, man, my goal it's like I want to headline shows. So when people are like, oh, but this person can't follow you and this person and like I hear that stuff. You know what I mean? You're like, put me on last. Put me on last and pay me the most. Then make sure that I'm headlining. Do you know what I mean? Oh. But don't not put me on your show in the middle because you're scared your headlighter can't follow me. Then you got to figure some shit out. God damn. Do you know what I mean? When did, when did your fear end? Cause you've been in comedy, what, 12, 13 years? Like, yeah, like 12, 13 years almost. When did that fear stop? Because I'm still it like... It hasn't ever. It, it hasn't. It's still there. No, dude. How do you overcome fear, it? There like, was fear right before that set. You know what I mean? Of course. But then like, I don't know. I don't know. Not really there. There was a lot of fear the other day because the, 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 the day before that I did uh, Africa versus West Indies. That's a, a theater. You know what I mean? That's yeah, there's fear. But I mean, man, there's fear if I'm performing for 10 people. You know what I mean? I don't want it all to come crashing down. I've worked so hard to get to where I am. And I don't want people to like I don't want to just have a bad set. And then people are like, what? I thought this guy was supposed to be funny. Like that matters to me. There's always a reason for me to be scared. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I have the nerves. They hit me hard before anything, dude. Before yeah. anything. And if there's someone good that I like revere something, if I'm way more fucked up inside. I'm like, fuck, I can't oh, fuck totally. up in front of him. I can't bomb. Yeah. Like and I put all this pressure, like I set myself up for failure almost. Yeah. By like putting this person no, on like a pedestal that, being like Ugh, That you know? will be the situation and stuff. Yeah, I mean I almost wasn't gonna do the Africa versus West Indies show, which is fucking crazy. Right, and that's like to talk a couple about, thousand like, theater. Theater? It's c- like almost like two thousand for Jesus both shows, man. right? I couldn't imagine it's a, that. It's a great opportunity. Why would I not take it? Just fear. It's for fear, and honestly, like I'm embarrassed to say it, but oh, whatever. I'll tell you like the honest, true story. And I wasn't saying it at all. So I was in Ottawa, visiting family for like seven days, and uh, Wes, who books the show, Wes hit me up. I guess when I was already in Ottawa, I was like, "Yo, I want you to host this show," blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. My train ticket was booked to come back into uh, Toronto at like 7 o'clock on the day that that show was. So I tell him, yeah, my train's coming in at 7. He's like, first show's at 6. Okay. I'm like, all right, let me see if I can switch the train around and I'll get back to you. Next day, he's like, yo, any word on that? And I just didn't respond. Next day, like any word on it? Didn't respond. The next day, he keeps calling me and calling me and calling me. And then he calls me and eventually I'm just like, okay, man, I got to stop dodging this guy. So I pick up. And I'm like, uh, yo, it's like, sorry, you keep calling. What's the situation with the train? I'm like, well, because it was Christmas, I couldn't change my ticket. And then it was Boxing Day and I couldn't change my ticket. And now today's like, you know what I mean? 
the show's happening. It was like, the, at this point, it was like the 28th. The show was going to be happening tomorrow. Yeah. I was like, ah, I'm sorry for like late notice. I just won't be able to do it because I can't tr- change the train ticket and stuff like that. He's like, ah, it's weird because I actually called Via Rail and I'm on their website right now and they have a 24 hour. You can change it anytime. Oh, shit. You can always call called you Via out. Rail. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, what's going on, bro? And I'm like, honestly, man, I'm just, and my anxiety was really, really, really bad. And has been really bad. Like, I feel like it's on the up and up. You know, knock on wood, you never know. But, like, I feel like it's been better in the past, like, week. But it was really, really bad at that point, even though this is, like, last week. It's been bad for, like, the past last two months of the, of the year, right? So, and... Uh, My anxiety is going steady all the time. So, like, yeah. I, I just try to reduce it. So it's always yeah. there in the background. So, it was really bad. And I hadn't done stand-up because I was visiting my parents for seven days. I'm like, man, I'm so anxious. And I'm going to not do stand-up for seven days and come straight to Toronto and go do a theater 2, for 2,000 people. And also, 2,000 Africans and Jamaicans. And I'm, <laughs> I'm hosting. You just sent a white guy on stage. And if, yeah, yeah, and if you're not watching this, Paul is a white you know? Which is like, I've done that many times. I've hosted that show like three years in a row. But just this year, I'm like, no, you know? And the reason why, like, I'd be scared when people are like, yeah, but no, but you've done it before and this and that. I'm like, what if that doesn't go well? It's over for me because you got to look at it like it is like fighting. It's like, yeah, it's so sick to get your knockouts, but you can't appreciate like even though like when you saw that show at like Nubian show that night. Yeah, I always had like this feeling. It's like I'll murder. Yeah, no doubt. Do I like feel that? I feel that I walk around with that belt for the rest of the night. I never wake up wearing that belt. Do you see what I'm saying? Yo, exactly. I can always, <laughs> and that's whether I wanted to or not. That's just natural. The kill doesn't go into the next day. The kills day. never lasted the next day. When I wake up the next day, if I have to go do a show for five people, I'm back to like, okay, I'm nervous. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not like, well, whatever. I smashed. It I doesn't go away, huh? That'll never go away. Not for me. And it shouldn't because it's like, you got to think about it like boxing. So why I'm like, why I was like, maybe I don't want to do that. That show, because I haven't, the main reason why I'm like, I haven't done stand up for seven days. I don't want to just come back. And he's like, You're fine, though. You're a killer. You've done this. What if I don't? Word will get out that I came out. Oh, that I took defeat. That, like, what happens? What if I mess up the show? There's a million what ifs, right? What if I did? He's like, Well, you're nuts. You're a killer. You're going to do fine. You got to come, blah, blah, blah. I went. The show went sick. It was awesome. Furthermore, I was like ultra prepared after doing that show to do Nubian. So you came right after. Oh, and yeah. that and that exact like s- sequence of things happens a million times over, huh? You're fucking scared yeah, of shit man. for a show. Tension like, and release, and then you kill, and then it it repeats. Oh, it'll always repeat. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. It's nuts, and it's like yeah, that anxiety and stuff never disappears. But yeah, you got to uh, you can't win a fight and walk around and think that you're the man now because you're gonna get knocked out, and that counts just as much. You know what I mean? So like. I'm just always aware that, like, you know, I'm not all about, like, I just don't, I don't, I don't want to get fucking knocked out. You know what I'm I get it, yeah. Like, I figuratively wanted, speaking, like, I you don't want that. Yeah, I you want to be undefeated, so to speak. Yeah, and it's important. I want to throw, but the thing is, too, I'm not also, like, dodging around. Like, when I go on stage, I'm throwing it all out there. If I get knocked out, I'm going to get knocked out bad. Okay. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, like. You went down on your own terms, so no, to speak. No, like, the way I do stand up, like. When it once once those words come out of my mouth, they're there. They're double down. Like if I'm bombing, I'm not gonna be like, "All right, guys, sorry, I know what you're thinking." Like, no, 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 I'm going down with the shit. Okay, yeah. Oh, I ha- Do I don't like saying? that that pander where it's like, "Oh, I'll just like yeah," and oh, what happened? I'll here? just get out like, of this. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like you so didn't like that you, one. You gotta go. You gotta go. 
hard, yeah. But um, dude, th- so you moved to Toronto like you were like eighteen or seventeen. Yeah, like eighteen. Dude, did you uh, you just turned thirty, I think, or something like that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Did you picture yourself here? Like when you came, what was the master plan? Do you remember your master plan when you arrived? Like, did I picture like, myself here at thirty? Where oh. I'm at right now at 30? Yeah, doing what, doing what you're doing, pretty much. Yeah, like I knew I was coming to do stand-up and stuff. But my thing was, is like, man, I can't be like more honest about this. When I came here, I truly thought like I was going to be famous for like in a year. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Just based on like the ascent of who? Like is there someone you idolize where you're like, I, I want like, well, I Well, no, because like one where i was in my high school i was like the funny guy in high school okay we were talking about this just like before i'd make youtube videos but also i was the only guy making youtube videos at the time what year was this like so this is like 2000 and like four okay 2005 yeah. i'm like the only guy and i'm making like <laughs> youtube sketches. is fresh i'm making like little like you know like laguna what was it like laguna beach is like a show was like a popular show so i'd make like a little laguna beach spoof i'd make like a like a little me and my buddy, like the grudge. What was the, the names of it? Is it still on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's still on YouTube. <laughs> um, like I can show you like examples and stuff. But like if I could find it, we made like little like David Blaine, everything. You know what I mean? Stuff yeah. that was popular. I'd go around and make sketches. What town were you living at? at the, what town were you living in at the time? In Ontario? Orleans, yeah. Is that in Ontario? Uh, Orleans, yeah. And it's uh, a suburb near Ottawa. Oh, shit. So, so you're killing it out there. YouTube. So I'm making this. Well, plus I, I had a show that I made. In high school, my last two years of high school was just me writing and acting in a TV show as a co-op. It was so smart. Otherwise, I wouldn't have graduated high school. That's fucking sick. So I got all my shit as an acting credit. So And this show would get played on like CTV. I was always on the news. You wrote it? Yeah, I was a writer, director, producer, 16-year-old writer, director, producer. Okay. So like when I'm doing that, that's being played there. So then YouTube. So like if I go to a party, people are like, oh my God, like. I love your YouTube videos. And, like, that's what's making me fucking want to make more. I was grinding on the videos. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. And if things were popular, like, I would know what's popular. Uh, I'd go make a video with, like, all those sayings and all this stuff. Oh, making fun of the hockey To players. ride the wave, so to speak. I was riding all the waves. I was the only guy making that. So every party you went to, people were like, I'm, like, the man. You know what I mean? And uh, this is like, all in Orleans before this you is all in Orleans. Yeah. So it's like just that on YouTube, this stuff on CTV. So like when I'm going to the mall, people are like, you know, I'd be with my parents and people are like, yo, I seen you on this show. Yeah, yo, your up? son's sick. Yeah. What up? You know? <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm going to come to Toronto where like much music and shit is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like fucking music comedy videos. network yeah, and like all the fucking stars come here to blow up and I'm going to come and I'm going to do stand up. I already did stand up once too when I was like 17 in Ottawa. So like and I killed it cuz I was 17 and like people knew who I was. Whatever, man. So when I came here, like like not only just me, the whole town's behind me like this guy's the funniest guy in our town. Now he's going to Toronto and he's going to blow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? And fucking yeah, man. That didn't happen. That did not happen. That's 12 years later. And like, I'm still grinding. I still have that same passion. It's crazy that all the people. But now you have a a legitimate like body of work though. Now I have a body of work. Now I realize how important stand up was and how important it is to like the art, you know, because that's the same thing too. When I came here, I was just like, yeah, this stuff was fun for me to do. But it was like, I wanted to just be like to blow up. And then, you know, you get. 
take so many bombs and just keep bombing and bombing and doing shows. Were you bombing hard at the beginning? Like oh, everybody yeah. obviously does, but you know, like some I was people bombing bomb hard, hard, like harder than what you think is the average open micer. Yeah. What was it? What do you think it was? Like you were cocky at there was the a, Orleans there was stuff. A, yeah, there was a confidence too. Yeah. So that's what people didn't like. That's what other comedians didn't like. A Specifically, lot. people told you ever. Uh, you could just tell that they didn't like it. My oh, style right. was still the same as it is now where I'm like going hard. So Oh, but you didn't if, have a beard and you were like Yeah, if they 19, hated like, me. Yeah. They hated me and it just everything, man. And I was I was bold like I am now, but I've learned how to be bold, but like I was bold so like when I bombed, I'd bomb hard. And I would take those bombs hard too, man. I'd walk home in the rain fucking crying and shit. Like you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> like, like oh yeah, bro. Like Michael. it was brutal. Like just like terrible, but that's when I made that shift from like, man, I want to come to Toronto and blow up and be famous to like after two years of bombing, you're like, I want to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck about because after that, after two, three years of like not doing well. Yeah. People from your high school are kind of checking in like, yo, why didn't that guy blow up? And then they're like looking and like, oh, you're doing a show for five people. Like. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like, I look back now in the memories, and you see people being like, yo, bro, can't wait to say I knew you when. Can't wait this, that. If I saw those people right now, they wouldn't look me in the eyes. Do you know what I mean? Because they'd be like, what are you up to? Dude. They have no idea. People, man, people love a story. Look. Yeah. So all what? those people are going to switch up real quick when things start happening good. And for they me. will, bro. If that happens this year, if that happens next, bro. all those people are going to be like, bro, you remember I said it? And it's like, you said it. I'm not going to deny when I was 17, you said, bro, I believe in you. You're going to blow up. Where the fuck have you been for 12 years? Do you know what I mean? Like you fell off. And now that I am actually blowing up, now you're back for it. No, they just want to. They just want to be able to reach and touch anybody that so-called made it. Dude, my yeah. whole family and friends stopped asking me about stand-up as soon as I booked a McDonald's billboard about a spicy sandwich. Yeah. Everyone stopped. No, everyone's like, as soon as they have something people to point at and be like, I know him. Yeah. They're good. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it, it had nothing to do with stand up, but it was good enough. It was right. It was oh, in every, it, it was in man. all the towns. Look, I know him. Yeah, man. And I'm, and it has nothing to do with my talent. It's just McDonald's using a black face. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. And that's, yeah, that's the stuff. And they're like, oh, get. and then that's it. And they think you're doing so well and stuff. Oh, man, I've done. Like that show at Nubian show, like that's bro. Twelve years of I work. Was, I was, you know, at the Comedy Cellar two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago. Okay? Yeah, and I was at the Nubian a week after, and bro, the set you did at the cellar, like I watched. Like, yeah. Who, okay, like uh, Michelle Wolf, she she had a great set. You know, Chris right. Stefani had a good set. Like people had good set. Robert Kelly had a great set. Yeah. But what you were doing was at the very least that level if not that was the totally bro yeah. like what you have is like you're there you know what i mean oh man it's and that's just like a and do you know how much a visibility thing and how much struggle <laughs> and how much like how much even just the 72 hours revolving around that show how much lost sleep and lost everything just just to do that seven minutes the way i did it how much work over 10 years went into it do you know what i mean and if anybody was to like hear about that that I went to high school with, they'd be like, oh, like, yo, you know that this guy was the only, one of the only white guys to go on this all black show and he murdered it for seven minutes. People are like, that's cool. That's cool. It'd be but in one year and one out yeah. the other. If they saw me sneezing in a commercial for Sudanafil or something and I'm like, achoo, and it's like, yo, 
They'd be like, Paul, my man's on. T. Yo, my man's T. on. I told you I knew him when. People are so crazy. Like, you know, and you're like, come on, man. No, eventually you got to drop that shit. And it's like, man, d- d- I'm not going to deny. Like, I still hope that I blow up and become famous. But I hope I become famous from my art. From you your skill. I mean? From my skill. So right now all I can do is focus on my fucking skill. Bro, like, what the talent level in comedy, what you have, you're like, uh, obviously, you're not a master. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. the, you keep learning as you keep going. Of like course. You got decades still to go. very young in stand-up. But still, it's like seeing... It's like seeing a fucking just super skilled worker do something so skilled. It's like the yeah. what you were doing up there, the your pacing, your it literally looked like the uh, Chris Rock never scared like special. Oh, it looked I like knew a what special. I was doing. Yeah, it looked I was like a special. It. I wasn't I was letting like, them breathe. No. That was my plan. I was like, I, I believe me, I'm That's not lying about that. That wasn't like, yeah, man, it was a good set. I do good sets. That that show, I specifically, I changed the way I do stand up even. You know me, like my jokes are usually three minutes, four minutes. They're long, formulated jokes. That was the first time ever. I did I seven like minutes that, li- that night, and I was doing 30-second joke, 30-second joke, 30-second joke, 30-second joke. I was just coming in and not letting them breathe. And every time I was getting pops, in my head, I just kept being like more, harder, harder. Dude, that's harder. what I walked I in I was on. pacing in harder. I was trying to go harder. I was trying to hit the punchline harder. More, I was making more eye contact, like looking at them, like I mean what I'm saying right now. Like I was getting them, like this guy's not playing around. Yeah. To the point when I was done, put the mic in, free up, oh, interrupted. Boss. There you go. That's it. Oh, it erupted, it bro. Better. Otherwise, I would. I, otherwise, I would have been real mad. Mad. Real mad. That was one of those fights that if they had, if we were standing next to each other and they lifted up my arm, and they're like, I want it, I'd be fucking. I would be pissed, man. I wanted to make sure that that guy's never fighting again. I wanted to fuck him up. So you actually think of the, the <laughs> set always as a think straight up it. like battle, like a boxing oh, like, match. I think about it as a match. And I was like, that match, like, no, I'm coming in and this is not going longer than one round. And I'm going to beat the living shit out of this guy. I want everybody in this fucking place to realize I'm the baddest motherfucker here. Dude, when did you, do you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you remember when you took on like the fighter, like... Yeah, I mean the approach like when you start getting good and it feels like I feel like I just knock someone out. You know what I mean? Then it gets to the point where you're like, yeah, don't get addicted to that. It's like now let's, you know, don't throw knockouts out of anger. You know what I mean? And this like be a calm, calculated. I can knock someone out every single time. Do you know what I mean? Try not to let my like confidence get in the way. I want to be neutral. Like I'm not too too nervous. I'm not too, you know. Bro, I fucking love it, man. This sounds like a, this sounds like a fighting anime right now. As you like, should be like, like, yeah, like I'm looking at it like a martial art, and that's what I look back on. So that's why I'm always like, even if I think a show's not going to be good, I always go to it because you're gonna learn something from every single show, and I always look at it like, like martial arts. You know, I like doing a set and then looking at it and being like, what was the thing, you know. That, that like if that's why I don't look at it like boxing. I look at it like, like MMA, because you're like, what was the thing that I lacked there? And you're like, oh, okay, my material is going well. And if you look at material like punching, and say crowd work is like the ground game. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? You're okay, like, okay, okay. Oh, but my ter- my material is going well. But then that guy threw me off, and I tried to just go back into material. But next time when that guy threw me off, aka like took me to the ground, 
I should have spent more time on the ground to let you know I know what the fuck I'm doing on the ground and put you into something where you're going to either tap or let me back on my feet. And now I'm going to keep punching because you don't also want to be on the ground with me. So now when like I hear somebody yell something in the audience to me, I'm like, okay, let's do that real quick. And I don't know. I'll either dismantle it in 10 seconds or I'm like, or we can stay there for two minutes because I prepped that stuff too. That's some pro shit right there, dude. I'll then go do a show and I'll be like, for 10 minutes, I'm forcing myself to just do crowd work. And I'll do that for a week straight. Just do crowd work. Just to so sharpen that, that when, knife, that blade. Just to sharpen that blade as well. So that when I'm doing a 40-minute show and I'm killing after 10 minutes and somebody wants to like yell out something, you can get that too. You can all get that. During that, that set, if somebody had yelled out, that wouldn't have fucked me over. It would have made it better. It will all just make it better. I would have used that. I would that's have used the it fucking, all. That's the winning mindset. Dude, I had a set where someone said something and I addressed it and it was funny, but I forgot where the fuck I was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is some amateur shit right here. I don't even but, remember what joke I was telling. But like, I, don't, I never worry about that because. But if, I dipped go, back out of the moment. Yeah. And when I dipped back out, I realized I forgot. I didn't like while wrapping this up, remember where I was. I left and then I was like, oh, fuck, where was I? Yeah. See, Which I'm never worried like about that because. Shit. If you can remember where you were and you can come back to it, that's a good look. That's fine. But you also got to remember it like this. It's not amateur shit because stuff that might seem amateur sh- like amateur is always a good trick to pull on the audience. So if you forgot where you were, that happens to me all the time. There's nothing wrong with asking the audience, what was I even talking about? Where was I? And they're like, oh, you were talking about your car. Right. You can get back into the bit. The reason why this is a good thing is it's now making it look like it was more off the cuff. Not what was the joke I was in the middle of. What were we talking about again? Oh. This is all just talking. God so damn. when they're like, yeah, they tell you about the car. You get back into the bit. Because you forgot where you even were, it doesn't seem like a bit now. Now you finish that bit. You go to the punchline. It's even it's better. All just conversational. Fuck. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why I like little tricks. I never like to show them that it's a joke. You know when people sometimes have jokes and they go, I said that joke last week and this lady... Yeah, I don't like saying that because I feel like a part of the audience in their head is like, you Wants said this to believe. before? Yeah, yeah. I it's thought this was all this kind of like, you liked us so much and you were getting excited. This was all coming it's, out. It's like wrestling. It's like, we know it's fake, but don't be like, so we're yeah. faking it. Just don't say that. We know it's fake, but just don't say it. Yeah. Because I want to believe that it's I want to believe that this is like, just like the show that you're putting on for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The audience is like, so in tune with the truth. Sometimes yeah, I, mean, I realize how scripted my shit sounds just by like the looks they have i'm like fuck i'm not yeah. fooling, i'm too uptight right now i'm not fooling anybody and i'm yeah. just going through this bit you know yeah they feel it yeah you can tell when you're not into it and stuff like that i'm like fuck whenever i feel that i'm like not into something um i always just get lost in the characters of it that's what brings me back in lost in the characters do you of know the what i bit? mean so like yeah like a lot of my stuff will have characters or will have an act out yeah do you know what i mean so when when you realize oh i feel like I'm not into it right now. First two minutes. Then you f- wait till another act out. Another character comes in and like f- have fun with that. Oh, that gets you back. Just in. go it's, into it's a that. matter of like when you feel like you're not in it or you look like you're doing things in autopilot. It's like getting have back fun. to having fun. Yeah. Go have fun. Say things in a voice. That's not like, here's how well I've memorized this joke. It's like, yo, isn't this funny? Okay. okay Is that okay. the tone you have to get back to? Mm. Do you know what I mean? And you see that's the number one mistake you see everybody making at open mics is they're the most in autopilot already. 
You go to an I'm, open mic. I, that's me. That's you literally me. You go to an me, open mic know? and people are like, well, what else? Um, so my mom has this thing that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you're no one told you to be here. Why are you doing it like that? Yet then you go to the comedy cellar and everyone's like, oh, man. So on my way here, like I was eating like and they sell. I need to tell you yeah. guys this. Yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah. fucking hilarious. Yeah. I'm the funniest person in the room. You guys are all here to see me like make you laugh. Oh, Here's another thing, you know, I'm excited to tell you guys this, not like, all right, um, so yeah, I was born in, uh, you know what I mean? Like, show that you're like, you're pumped to let them, you know? Dude, I've got so much, but it's exciting, man. I like every time it's I great. realize how much longer I have, I'm like sick, you know, oh, just because it's like, I don't want to do anything else, you know? No, so yeah, it's like, I'm not in a rush. No, man. And that's the best thing about stand up is like, it's not sports. It's not music. If you're a rapper and you're like, you oh, you got six years between like 19 to 25 where it's like, yeah, you're you're young, hot. You could, you know, and then you got to figure out how to keep it going. You could. I know guys. It, and it's like, it's tough. But like, I know guys who are 30 years old and stuff. And they're like, yo, make sure you share my Spotify and stuff. And it's like, yeah, man, I'm all for never giving up on your dream and shit like that. But like, you know, and, and, and I'm I'm all for being the guy who like. You could be the example of like what I'm about to say. You could be the example that I'm wrong. But it's Oh rare. yeah, prove me wrong. Yeah, it's rare that you're gonna be like, Oh, but this rapper blew up when he was thirty five. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it just doesn't happen. Same thing in sports. It's like, man, you're twenty five years old, you're, you're not, not making the better. NBA. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, right? But again, I'm also all for being like the guy who made the NBA when he was twenty seven. To be that guy. Sure. And the only way that you can be that guy is to not listen to what I'm what saying right saying. now. Yeah. But what I am saying right now is statistically, if we are going to talk statistics. Yeah, for a hundred of those guys. Past 99. 30, past 25, you know what I mean? You're not going to be a rapper. You're not going to make me. Like, that's it. And I, I, I hope that you prove me wrong, but it's like the, the statistics are a little. In stand-up, fuck, man. You, you, it's the opposite. Yeah, you got. Because it's time to brew, the right? The world is your oyster. You look at like people and it's like. There's anomalies like Dave Chappelle and Eddie Murphy that were like really young. But you look at Bill Burr, you look at Louis C.K. and stuff like that. These guys Sebastian. Are Sebastian. Sebastian had nothing for like 16 years. No, but much. like he, no doubt he was grinding like yeah, crazy. Oh, nonstop. Do you know what I mean? But this is all when you're, uh, you know, you're, you're late 30s, 40s for all these guys. And it makes sense. You need, you know, you need wisdom. Do me a favor real quick, just because this is like a, a homemade setup. Can you turn your head back? Make sure. <laughs> look, look at my laptop. Yeah. Look, look, turn your head back. Yeah. The levels are all still going, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me <laughs> okay. double check that the bottom <laughs> yeah. one is too. Yeah, like I said, this is literally the day one yeah. of the new studio. We're all good? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're all good. Okay. We're all good. Yo, I was going to ask you, because yeah. the go-to move, the go-to thing everybody says is, yo, yeah, you get good and then you move to New York or you move to L.A. Yeah. Comment on that. Why is it that you wh how do you feel about that? Is Are they truly necessary in the like unfortunately in the game right now? So, yeah, unfortunately, so they're in the game right now. And I'd like somebody to prove me wrong. And it does seem we've yet to see it. Drake has done a good job of showing what's possible in Canada. Right. But even for then, music for music. But even like if Drake can do it in music, wh why can't you do it in anything else in entertainment? Oh, good point. That being said, and, and and with the internet, you should also think that anything could be possible. 
However, it's just like it's it's they take away all of our fucking opportunities. Ten years ago, there was so many more opportunities. You know, in Toronto, in Toronto, and in Canadian stand up. You know, remember there was comedy now. Oh yeah, and comedy now like that didn't help. You know what I mean? I'm at the level right now of stand up where like I would have been offered a comedy now by now. You think I would want that? Of course, it would have helped me because it was on all the time on CTV. Yeah. So when I first started doing stand up and seeing guys like I think I saw Russell Peters on that. Of course, that's what launched Russell Peters' career. You want to know what happened, right? Because with the YouTube, with the YouTube, his shit leaked out, or somebody posted on 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 Kaza. Yeah, and then it made it to YouTube and just blew up. So and I'm friends back when you were posting shit. Back when I was posting, like around that time, I remember my friends watching it. Russell didn't think it was real, right? Because we have friends that are good friends with Russell, so we know like a lot of these stories, right? Yeah. So like, Rod- I just heard on a podcast. <laughs> What's that? I just heard him tell it on a podcast. Yeah. So like, what wh- what my friend told me was like, uh, so my buddy um, was good friends with him. Russell didn't believe it that like this thing was blowing up overseas and stuff. It was doing really well in India and stuff. And they called him from overseas. I believe it was like in India. And we're like, we want you to come do a show. And headline in a theater. And he's like, yeah, like, okay. Like, we want to pay you such and such amount. And he's like, I don't believe this is real. It's like, the only way I'll do it is if, like, you also pay for my friend's flight and he can open for me. This is, like, our buddy, right? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay. So he's like, okay, let's go, you know? And they went and they're like, whatever. And he says when they were pulling up to the venue, they had, like, a limo. And he sees people lined up around this venue. And they're wearing T-shirts. And he's on the T-shirt. And he's like, when did this all happen? Well, what the fuck? That's so weird. And then goes and like crushes the show. And they're like, if you want, we can do You're another one tomorrow. And he's like, okay. And then they're like this. And then basically comes back and is like, has to tell people like, yo, I think I'm like about to blow up. And then it just like goes down. Right now, like this guy has like. Man, like <laughs> makes imagine, millions of dollars. Imagine they flew you right now, like Vietnam called you, and they're like, "Is this Paul Thompson?" Like, right? Imagine you're huge for some reason. One of the eight in like hundreds of things you've done in the last twelve years, yeah, blew up over there, and people have you on their shirts. Yeah, like, why not, dude? How fucking cool and weird would that be? Just it's, to be constantly be going to Vietnam to do mini n- tours? Nuts. Why not though? You're like, yeah, man. If like. Do what you do, and if people are connecting to it, then, like, for sure. Ideally, it's somewhere sick, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vietnam's supposed to be sick, by the way, but yeah. it's supposed to be sick as fuck. But, like, the mm-hmm. reality is, like, Russell's Indian, and, like, it's India, right? So it's it'd be India, like. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's India. It might have been somewhere else that was like that in that first story, but yeah. What are your roots, by the way? That's like part of the whole immigrant section. It's so confusing. Yeah. People are like, so you have like white people on? <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is it? I'm I was like, bro, it's just my podcast, okay? I was born on like a not a popular island. It's called like Easter Island. Do you know where Easter Island is? Easter Island? Uh-huh. Legit, huh? That's like in the... Um, it's like uh, in the middle of the ocean. The, the like, yeah, the Atlantic, off of, off yeah. of Chile or something shit like that. Yeah, right? the population's like 6,000. Yeah. That's where you're from? Yeah. So I lived there till I was like ten years old. You so lived like, on Easter Island? Yeah, like six thousand people. So like I still know like when the population is six thousand, you know like everybody like you know what I mean. So like now me, part of why I do stand up and stuff is like just even to like represent like because that's the thing like people I go know from high school in Canada they're like whatever but like 
I got 6,000 people checking in every day from Easter Island being like, yo, are you putting us on the map yet? Legit, you know eh? Yeah. No, obviously not, bro. What? No. I'm just bro, a white guy. I just, like, literally from England. Bro. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want? The white guy story? I didn't want to just be like, I don't know, England. Bro, and, uh, you were pushing me to the edge of like, bro, I don't want to call you out on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm surprised you did it. Why edge. would I be on an island that had 6,000 Easter Island. I'm like people are googling this. People are googling six thousand. Yeah, that would be my shit. whole thing. <laughs> I don't know if this is like the bio you provide to people, and I don't <laughs> no, want to contradict this no, shit. No, I've never said that. That's fucking hilarious. Man. No, so uh, you wouldn't even fuck with the twenty one and me and all that stuff. I want to so bad. Why don't you? Um, the money? No, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, it's like two hundred or whatever. I I just haven't got around to doing it. I need to. You're right. What does your family say? They say it's like English. So my uh, um, I know my grandpa immigrated to canada from england from that's like uh, that's first draft white by the way that's beautiful mm -hmm, hell mm -hmm. yeah grandma would have been born in uh canada i believe i know my mom's side my grandma on my mom's side's from ukraine but when you get these 21 and me's there's all this like latvian eight percent totally like right all that extra shit you had no idea about yeah that's why i want to see it i want to be like three percent trini and then <laughs> I'm like yo what's going on boy <laughs> you, <laughs> you got that a trini girl like that this adds up yeah 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 Trini too you know it's all right here yeah yeah you have it on you it's all in my fucking background <laughs> you can see it here but um do people yeah. bring that stuff up to you a lot <laughs> like what people are like yo i did this uh like look at my results like people come up on the low key and talk to you about the results like <laughs> about 23 and me yeah or no. is it 23 or 21 and me 23 I that's the number yeah, yeah that sounds more right and me and then like i think ancestry does the same thing now you spit in the jar and then they read yeah the and they're name. like and how accurate is that like uh, what do you know like yeah it's it's pretty fucking it's accurate. damn accurate yeah it's real accurate because it'll trace back into like yeah it's your roots like it'll show your two percent this and that wonder how they do that like they just can also show like disease history and stuff right which is another thing like oh sh so it's much more than just your roots if you buy one of those i think you get like two two packages you could buy one and just find out like your background for like 119 dollars, or you pay like 200 and something dollars and there's like a bunch of stuff that your dna can show you but one of them is like you have a history of this disease oh okay like watch for. out for yeah you have like sickle cell or whatever in like your yeah. bloodline like watch out for that shit yeah 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 you have the mob deep disease <laughs> right sickle cell Havoc. motherfuckers <laughs> do they I've both have it i don't know okay. probably Havoc. you know what i mean you shouldn't have fucked with Pac, you fucking <laughs> you, you know short frail little men <laughs> yeah, that's why you fucked your bitch you fucking sickle cell motherfuckers that's fucking did, did and hit him up he goes i fucked your bitch you talking about mob deep no, he's talking about Biggie. Biggie. He's talking That's about why Biggie. I fucked your line. bitch, you, you fat, fat motherfucker. motherfucker. Get money. <laughs> West Side. <laughs> Bad boy killers, you know. <laughs> I love fucking Tupac so much. Man. I grew up on Tupac. Man. I love Tupac so much. Like, so much. And I, I understand that people, like, we live in an era where, like, you don't have to pick and stuff. I love Tupac so much that, like, I understand that Biggie's amazing. You know what I mean? But like, Biggie's a better rapper, I think. I think Tupac is a poet. Absolutely. With and I'm not going to deny flow. Like I, I like, like I put it this way. Always like this is the way that I like explain it in the most like unbiased way. I think Biggie is the best rapper of all time. Okay. And I, I'm willing to argue that and explain to you why I think Biggie is the best rapper of all time. But to tell you why I'm doing that so unbiasedly, Biggie wouldn't be in my top 20 rappers of all time. 
in yeah. my top 20, Biggie wouldn't be in it. But I'm also not stupid. So I'm like also going to be aware that I'm going to tell you that like, yeah. Biggie is probably the best rapper of all yeah, time. Yeah, you see him 16, like in like Bedstyer or wherever he's the way at. He, like his on, flow on the, hits the beat. It's it's insane. And the enunciation and power he has because of his it, fucking size. And his size and the way he's used that. It's it's crazy. Nobody's ever like been their mouth and vocal cords have been such a good instrument for for hip hop as notorious like he's just unreal you know but tupac is like a messiah though he's but got tupac a messiah thing like going such on that's what nobody's it is. ever like bled that passion that's what i'm about you know what i mean that fucking passion you know it's just bleeding out through him and he was an unbelievable actor and the way that he would talk and he was like he was writing movies and like man he was you know great poems and just you know, he's just a man like he's just tupac dude young. I literally grew up on Tupac music as soon as I moved to Canada. I, I grew up in a mm -hmm. government subsidized neighborhood. So right. Tupac is playing all the time. It was right. in 97. He just died in 96, right? So Tupac right. was hot. Right. But you know what's sick about Tupac? Because I grew up super religious. Uh -huh. His music almost, rap made me feel bad to listen to. Because I'm like, oh, this is bad. Oh, right? But yeah. Tupac's music is so, he's got oh every God verse he says, me. every verse he says, God, forgive me. Forgiveness, please. Yeah. Like, he literally is af so afraid of God. So I could listen to him all the time yeah, when I was man. a kid. Yeah. And be like, yo, like l as a role model almost. Like, yeah. Shit. Uh, I'm not, I'm a, are you afraid of God? Uh, no. I yeah, wouldn't like, say I that. I don't I believe in God in like the, in the traditional sense at all. Yeah. I'm, How, I'm, are I'm, you like a spiritual dude? Are you yeah, religious? Are you religious? Spiritual. No, no. My parents aren't, um, my parents never raised as religious. I have reasons to believe. I don't think my parents probably even believe in religion. They definitely don't believe in religion. I don't know if they believe in God or not. But it's crazy um, how atheist England is. Like now, like anytime yeah. I run into, but the like English, I have like Mother Mary on my arm there, right? It's like that's what like. That's but that's like more like from an artistic exact point see? of view. That's not so like many people are like, or people would assume I'm Catholic or whatever, because that would be mainly. No, Catholic. I like that type of art. But that's what I like. I like that type of art. And for me, it's like there's a million reasons why I have her on my arm. And there's spiritual reasons too. But one of the main reasons is like I just love paintings of Mother Mary. And furthermore, like I, you know how much I love painting. I love art. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, you're a big time painter. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Actually, I, I forget who told me, but it was like uh, – <laughs> I think it was Max Sheldrick or something. He's like – one time is obviously another comic Adam on the pod, but he's like, "Yo, I, uh, I like, I'm, I may go to uh, the AGO with Paul." Yeah, yeah. He's like, Paul goes to the AGO, like the Ontario, or I sorry, try and go the, like once a week. What's it called? The Art, Art Gallery, Art of, Ontario? Gallery of, Ontario? of Ontario. He's like, Paul goes there like every week. Black <laughs> Zeus and I are members. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I didn't know through, this. Bro. You guys come are through. literally oh, there. Yo, this but it's the same exhibition in pieces, isn't it? Like, how do you uh, go every week? No, we go every, like, bro. Do they change stuff on a weekly basis? D they'll change the exhibition maybe once every four months. Hmm. Man, I can go there and look at it. Depends what we want to do. But you can go look at the same stuff? 110%. Do you like the group of seven and all that Canada shit? 110%. You like the group of seven? Do I like the group of seven, bro? Yes, the Wu-Tang of painting. <laughs> what? Of course How? I like the group of <laughs> the seven. The Wu-Tang of painting? I've never heard bro, that. Bro, nobody has ever captured... Canadian nature, the way the group of seven has. Furthermore, nobody was doing things in a collective like the way the group of seven do. Like Canada aside, it makes me proud as a Canadian artist, the history that they are. But like 
they're the first. But but honestly, I walk by the Group of Seven area and I'm like, eh. a lot of people would say eh. that, right? I could tell you a few different things. Well, one, them as a collective is so cool that they were like doing their shit as a collective. There's all these paintings. You feel you got to first take it in and like, does that mean seven people paint it at once? Like this no. guy's painting this. No, 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 no. It was like Wu-Tang. Like, you know, they have all the people that are like in their crew, you know, Tom Thompson's like, you know, you're like your method man and stuff like that. And like Emily Carr and all these people. And oh, Emily Carr. That's where she came from. Oh, yeah. man. I there's a lot of there's Emily Carr High School. There's a ton of schools school. that are named after oh, a that's group of seven people. Right. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Emily Carr is in group of seven, too. So. There's um, th- there's like it captures Canadian nature. Whatever that aside, one thing that like also is really cool about Group of Seven, they'd go out into nature and they'd bring little um, canvases, like little boards, like this, like little four by fours, and they'd capture like the feeling of like the trees and the water, just like loosely with like color, then bring it home and take their time and blow that painting up because they didn't like really take pictures and have cameras. Oh, color they okay. blow it up. So when you go next time to the art gallery, if you look like I can show it, if we go to together, I'll show you, I'll show you like what they did in an hour and what they did in 20 hours. So they capture the vibe. They in capture a the vibe thing. And then blow the vibe up with detail. When you start seeing how like they worked like that, how they all worked, and that's the thing about them being a collective. Like they cool. would give each other tips on like here's how we work better, like this and blah blah blah. Like they they were moved. They were a movement. Did they have a gallery together? Or were they all in? They would have had. I think probably shows together, and they sold together and stuff. Would have had stuff on locations together. Like, yeah, it's 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 cool, man. Like the group of seven is like, how long? There's a lot of. Uh, yeah. How long do they take to work on those pieces? Like th- those size ones that we saw, which is probably what like four by six feet or something like that for by group of seven yeah i, I mean like yeah i, I would assume you, they already spent like a month on those oh yeah yeah probably 40 50 hours i would assume but they're doing nothing but painting because they're just like actual artists you who know? pays you and they'll say these super big artists now um do, like do they I get research money or what where do they get their money well now there's you would have collectors and stuff like that you could do a bunch Group of seven, I don't know how they're making their money, but there's always been collectors, and it's always been like, even it's 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 such a weird market, but now it's blown up because there's the internet and stuff like that. But there was always collectors, you know, like that's why Picasso became who Picasso was because him and uh, Matisse, um, who's like also a really good artist, they were both kind of like young at the same time. So when Picasso was like 23, and Henri Matisse was this like, in Italy or where? This would have been in. Picasso Italian in Spain was where Picasso was born. But then when he came to pursue art, this would have been in France and Paris. Okay. Right? So he's probably like 22, 23. So it's him and it's Matisse. Then there's like a family that would have collected from them. So there's a family that's like one of the first collectors. They'll come. They'll be like, yeah, I like this piece that you've done. They're looking at all of his work. I'm going to buy that one for $600. Put it up on display. Have a party. Oh, man, who did this? Who did that? Oh, that one? That's Picasso. And they put it above a Matisse painting. And that suddenly becomes worth 6000 now. Well, like no, it was moment. more what they were doing at the time. It was more Matisse. They put it above Matisse's painting. Matisse is like, last party. Everybody was talking about my painting. Now Picasso's thing. I'm like, yeah, this is what the new art's going to be. And Matisse would be like, fuck this guy. And grind hard and then tell the like family three months later, you should come check out my studio. And then they come like, wow, look what you've done. Oh. Yeah, we'll buy that. We'll buy that. 
then they'd move Picasso's paintings. They'd put it. They'd have a big party. Picasso's like, where did my paintings go? So it was oh, literally like still... parents in the fridge with the A-plus tests, yeah. like moving them and up. They like they were the just kids. getting these guys to compete, compete, compete. For how compete. many years did they do that? They did that for like a long time. And like they were definitely butting heads until they they eventually became friends, I guess, within that 10 years. Because they're responsible together for creating cubism, right? Oh, oh, so Matisse is also that cube weird Picasso shit. When they they went into into that together, so Matisse and Picasso like kind of started working together and not against each other, and they developed cubism together. So as old men, they both actually went on to be quite old. They were still friends as old men. Oh shit! Yeah. But did they were they known for drugs? How do you get to cubism as a format of art, like sober? <laughs> Cubism? That shit sounds like some acid sh- trip. Yeah, not realization. Well, because um, yeah, that's what's so cool about Picasso, and that's so cool about art is like, if you look at Picasso's like like self portraits, especially right, you'll see like he did self portraits of himself that when he was sixteen that are just so good and they're so like and they're realistic. He's doing they're real realistic, yeah. and you just see how that fades. To like, if you look at his self-portrait that he did when he was like 40, it's like the eyes up here, the other eyes here, the other there. But it's such this distinct style that's like beautiful that I love. Hmm. I love Picasso's work, you know, but he just, you know, I think they just fucking snapped, man. You know what's sick? It's like, so he had the skill of art. He proved it. At 16, he could do an incredible self-portrait. So he's skilled at conventional, traditional, realistic art. Right. Isn't it sick, the idea that as the years go by and their name carries more weight, they can get away with just doing kind of like a less time-involved style and just totally. put the eye over there and be like, yeah, it's $40,000. Well, <laughs> but I feel like that's what took – that took years to get to knowing to be able to do that. You gotta, oh, yeah. Did you hear that story? You got to know all Picasso the rules story? to break them first, right? Yeah. Uh, Quincy Martin, I had him on. He told me a story of Picasso where he, uh, he tried to pay for a – check with uh he drew a quick drawing in the back of a check right. and they go that's like you can't do that like that only took you 10 seconds and then he goes it took me 10 years to be able to do that in 10 seconds yeah you know what picasso used to Bars. also do too he used to um the stairway falling trick <laughs> when he'd be like in like a cafe or something like that or he'd be like at a restaurant picasso's well also known for being extremely prolific right like with pa- po- pumping out paintings I mean, like, not even or if like it was pumping out or? paintings. It's, like, just never not creating, constantly okay. fucking creating. Like, he's not a well, like, he's not respected as a good dad. Certainly not as a good husband. Uh. They're cheating, like, m- cheating all day, man. Word, all gotcha. day, always had like this. <laughs> and even if he was with the wife and had kids there and stuff like that, he was there for half of dinner before he started picking up the fish that he ate, painting the bones, bringing that to the studio. Like, he didn't stay... He's constantly working, working, working. So what year he, was this? Picasso was like died in like the eighties. So nineteen eighties. Yeah. So it's like oh, nineteen. Shit. I think he was born in like the late eighteen hundreds and then died around like the eighties, like nineteen eighty one. Oh, he lived a long life, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did live a long life, and he's also one of the only artists that got to see his fame and success while he was alive. Oh, that. For artists, all the value comes in when they die, kind of thing. Most right? times, like that's Van Gogh up. and stuff. Picasso at like Tupac, Tupac, a bunch right? of these people, right? Tupac's still like, and Biggie still got to be rich and famous rappers, but not to the point where they they are now. Yeah, they didn't hit Jay Z level shit, which they were yeah. on track to do that, assuming yeah. they don't fuck up. 
but Picasso, when he was like 41, you know what I mean? Like, was on top of the world. With was art. the best artist in the world. Would be introduced like that. Would go to a party and people would be like, this is Pablo Picasso. You know who he is. He's the greatest artist in the world. And you'd be like, yeah, that's me. Nobody else has like got to figure that out. Also, a Biggie Tupac theory that I have that people hate on this one, but it's just <laughs> the truth. I think if both of them were still around, and like whatever, it, maybe it sounds like shade, it's the truth. I think Tupac would be beyond a legend right now. He would have already like had movies that he wrote that have won Oscars. He'd be writing books. He'd be doing – like he would just be – Of course, by the way. I don't think anybody's debating that. He'd be the most legendary. Biggie, uh-uh. Biggie – Biggie was, dude. Biggie was a big, ugly dude, and in the when he but when it's he not hit that, it hard, it's P Diddy, P Diddy, selfish, stupid. I hate nobody more in rap than fucking P Diddy or Puff Daddy or whatever. That's you how he got so him. rich. He's the least talented motherfucker. He's just a coattail rider. He knows why they died. He's a schemy fucking. I wouldn't shake his hand if it could change my whole career. Oh Fuck him. shit! You think Diddy's in on the no? I just think Diddy's a fucking shady piece of shit. I hate seeing that. Like he had his fiftieth birthday and fucking. Kanye and fucking Jay go to it and stuff. I'm like, why is it not a known thing that like fuck this guy? But anyways, if he was still around, I think yeah, I think you would have seen fucking Biggie doing club tracks with Akon, and it would have just been whatever, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm just end up fizzling away in the rap game. Yeah, unfortunately, you know? yeah, because I think he just because Tupac was like Tupac's parents were Black Panthers, so yeah. he he had this like Tupac's mom was pregnant with him. In jail. Yeah, I think I read that. And like, I read that somewhere. I like literally. I read uh, in the event of my demise. I had to choose a poem when I was in grade school, and yeah. I chose in the event of my demise by Tupac. Like literally, yeah. I even like listened to Tupac for a minute. But like, yeah, I have that a book at home, the rose that grew from the concrete. Yeah, like yeah. he's like an artist. He was like a bread artist, a bread like passion activist artist. Like, yeah, so much crazy shit running through his blood. Like he mm-hmm. was only destined for. The, the exact things that you said. The, mm-hmm. Like Maya, he'd be like a male Maya Angelou. Absolutely. Like 50, 30 years from now, I guess. Yeah. Or 20 years from now, if yeah. he was still alive. Or even now, maybe. Yeah, but they had so much to give and like. It's crazy know, it how much is out by Tupac and he died at 26. So much, man. Isn't it's crazy, crazy to think. Like, how old are you? I'm 28. Yeah. Isn't it crazy to like now? Because like we still like, and both of them, you know what I mean? I listen to Biggie and Tupac. I look up to them immensely. They're legends forever. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that like, and this has been for years now that like I listen to them and you're like, I'm older than them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like how the fuck can I listen to Tupac's like wisdom and knowing voice? And it's like, it's probably a track from when he was 22, not from when he died. I know. And you're like, hold up. This guy's 23 years old. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, and I feel like I'm listening to like, you know what I mean? Like a parent, like a, like a father figure. But Tupac was literally writing poetry since he was like a kid. So I feel Absolutely. like he was able to channel a level of wisdom that it yeah. takes decades of poetry writing to achieve, you know? Yeah. Even older than himself. Mm-hmm. Biggie, you, no matter how many decades pass, your head will bop when you put on like suicidal thoughts. It's impossible. Or like whatever. You're gonna move, yeah. you know? Oh, it's just, just a public school. Era. Yeah, like bathroom passes. Juicy classes, any track, pass. like you're gonna move for life, but even just sp- spitting that out loud, like, it's just so perfect. His flow is just unbelievable. Cutting cast, it's like nuts. Oh, man, it, it's crazy. 
definitely like and then Tupac has things in there. I learned from I still remember the lyric three strikes law is drastic and certain death for us ghetto bastards. And I'd have to Google three strikes law yeah. to learn what it is in the States yeah. and shit like that. Like all so, so much. Dude, I this is true. I grew up uh I listened to so much Tupac growing up. I was straight up like suspicious of the police just from Tupac music. Yeah. Not even seeing Machiavelli and all that. Yeah, not yeah. even seeing that kind of shit happening around me. Yeah. I was I was like um like what's the word I'm looking for? Um paranoid? Filter? No, I was filtered. It's another word. It's not filtered. It's uh you know when you're covered from something? Sheltered? Sheltered. Yeah. yeah, I was sheltered from it, but still my paranoia of police came literally from Tupac. Oh, I'm listening 100%. to so much Tupac. Yeah. They got me trapped in this prison of seclusion. I'm just like looking at cops while driving by. Like, yeah. Yeah. As much as like you think about stuff like that, you're like as much as we can also plot what we think would happen if they didn't get shot. It's like there's too much talent and then something would uh, they would have tried to hit them with a scandal or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there was already mad scandals on Tupac and stuff. And, you know, yeah. Oh man! Anytime any of these, do you notice? Anytime any of these, uh, especially back then too, if you're black and you become famous and you're young, you get hit with a rape case. Yeah. You're gonna get hit with a rape case. Yeah. It's just yeah. one chick, who's like, yeah, he raped me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And the whole system's against you. Yeah. Like I read the whole thing on Tupac's, the the what he went to prison for. Yeah. The girl came up to the hotel and like. To like some other person's like hotel room, like oh, Tupac yeah. was barely like it was unbelievable that they sent this guy to prison for like nine months or some shit like that. Yeah, for a long time, man, it was crazy. Tyson too, Tyson, Tyson, yeah, Tyson, but Tyson said some I sketchy shit. Yeah, he did. But <laughs> yeah. when he did the time and he was asked about it, he he said it. He said a line where he goes, "I wish I did rape the bitch and her mother. I wish I did." Yeah, and he said it was such anger. You yeah. could tell he didn't do shit. Yeah, he also said, I'm pretty sure, uh, he's like, I have raped girls. I didn't rape her. Okay. See, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. It was like, he said some pretty crazy okay, yeah, shit. I, I mean, he talked oh, shit. about- Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, he talked about getting like, fuck, man. He, the guy's a fucking monster. Like, have you ever watched that Tyson documentary? That might be the best documentary I've ever seen in my What's life. it called again? I feel like I have. Bro, that's probably what put me on to thinking about stand-up as fighting. I'm telling you, there is a three-minute part of that documentary I can show you after that's literally exactly how I feel about stand-up and probably from talking to you the same way you'll feel about it. And watching this three-minute video is going to get you fucking amped. When he talks about, like, his opponent, like, I want to I, I fear them. You. I, 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 I want to. Yeah, it's like you fear them. It's like that's the same way you feel about stand-up. It's like. I lose sleep about these shows. I think about everything that could go wrong. I fear this show. I think this show is going to be the one that destroys my career. This, that, blah, blah, blah. I'm fearing it. I come to the venue. It's like even more scared and more scared. You know, when the time comes and like the la- the comedian before me is off stage. Now it's just the host and I'm about to go on stage. It's like things start blacking out. Things start disappearing. You know what I mean? And then it's like. You know, and then Tyson said fear is going away. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then you're like every step you take until blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like I'm getting more confident. I'm getting more confident. I'm getting more confident. And for me, it's like the second you hit the stage, it's like I don't remember anything past that. I just know what starts. I start coming back to after I got off the stage. Do you mean I'm not even in the zone? Same thing with him. He's like the second I get into the ring, it's like it's over now. I'm a god. Like it's over now. It's just like kill, 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 kill. He was literally hypnotized, huh? 
Yeah, I, I he was a, he went on Rogan and he talked about it. His uh, what was his uh, coach's name like the Customato. Customato. He literally Customato like hypnotized him. Was like you, you like are a monster. You cannot. Yeah. You are the strongest. Like oh, from man. like the age of like. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever. Man. Like, that's if why you've you, never watched that documentary. You got to watch that. I'm telling you. Tyson. I'm going to call Tyson. Probably I feel like, like I would have seen this. Like, I'm, man, I'm a big fan. I've listened to all his shit. So good. I'm I've what never year? seen a documentary. Probably 2011, 2000, something, somewhere around that. 2011, 2012. He has the face tattoo. At the time. Yeah. Okay. He's sitting doing all the interviews. Dude. It's fucking crazy. The shit that he says is what, like, what, like what else? Like, man, I'm gonna talking, watch it. Yeah, man, I'm he watching talks about shit. getting fucking chlamydia and getting a bunch of diseases and continuing to have unprotected sex, knowingly having these and giving it to other people. So he would hate himself. So he would hate himself. And he's like tearing up as he's saying it that I did such horrible things that I was a fucking monster. Why would anybody? I didn't love myself. I'm not a human being anymore that I would do these horrible things. I'm a monster. He's like, when I stepped into the ring, I felt, you know, you shouldn't put me into the ring with this. But, but they shouldn't be in the ring with me because I'm a monster. They want to be boxers. They want to do martial arts. I'm trying to kill a human being. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, he was crazy. like, he literally would make himself hate himself. That he was like, and you can see these fights. That's why he's ending them in 40 seconds and stuff. Because it's like, this guy was legitimately a machine. His connection with pigeons... Bro, what he has a connection with pigeons? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, large, a prison talent. A large part of this movie is his pigeon stuff. <laughs> like pigeon stuff? Yeah, I've never heard man. that. Like he was like, you know, like talk like, to them. Well, yeah, of course. He still has pigeons. He's obsessed with pigeons. Man, this guy like he's gross. He's you know Brooklyn bad boy, right? Like he's living in in Brooklyn. Doesn't have a lot of friends. I guess people make fun of him because he talks weird and stuff like that. He like hanging out with pigeons. Pigeons are his friends, right? Customato took him in as like a second father. There was areas where like on the roof of one of like the Brooklyn buildings where like he would keep pigeons inside and stuff like that. And he had like, you know, he named them. He had his pet. He likes taking care of pigeons. He said one day, it's one of the only times he cries. He says some of the most emotional shit in this, in this movie. And you s- may see him hold back, but he doesn't even tear up. Times where you think he would tear up, man. He lost a kid and stuff, you know? How did he lose a kid? Uh, Probably drug abuse or something. No, he she was, was really fun. young. She was oh, really young. Yeah, it's really sure. sad. It's really sad. There's stuff like that. He's not, he's stoned, right? He's not saying anything. This part makes him cry. He goes, tells this story about this pigeon. And uh, I think it's like when he was like 14, 15. He's a teenager. And some kid that was picking on him came over, seen him playing with the pigeon. He uh, picked up the pigeon. He broke the pigeon's neck. In front of him, he said the kid was bigger than him, and he said he f- saw fury, and he beat the fuck out of this guy. He never realized how powerful he was. He beat the fuck out of him, and he starts crying in the documentary. He goes, "That's the moment that I realized. That's the moment. <laughs> Can't talk." He's like, "That's the moment I realized <laughs> nobody will ever fuck with me." <laughs> and it was like you see him crying because it's like it's that moment that he realized. That's a, that was a sad moment for him. No one's ever going to fuck with me. I'm a legit monster. That's crazy. Oh, I just wanted to fucking play with my pigeons. This guy broke the neck and he was like, this is what I'm capable of. He's like, well, then here we go. Dude, that's that. You know, <laughs> that's beautiful, by the way. And like in all the movies, that giant, the powerful giant always has a soft spot with animals or something like that. Crazy. It's all. It's like I, a trope. Yeah. It's like him just feeding the most fragile bird and then just like. 
going up against Evander Holyfield. Yeah, well, he has know? a cartoon now, right? Is it pigeon related? Yeah. The pigeons are characters. Oh, <laughs> Him and pigeons go and save mysteries like Scooby Doo. Oh, true. I thought that like came and went. Yeah, the Mike Tyson mystery hour. I think it might not be He's still gone. Again. I'm not sure. Then he does all the voicing for himself. I'm assuming. Yeah. Dude, dude, this documentary. I'm telling you, is probably the best documentary I've ever seen in my life. It's insane. Tyson. It's just called Tyson. Wow. Dude, I'm gonna actually start thinking about my next set like that. You have to. Think and then you think about like, yeah, man, you got to take that shit on the fucking chin. It, it's, it, it helps in every aspect of stand-up. It's the number one thing I tell people always. The number one thing of advice is like, you know, you won't need it. You won't need that. Like, you won't need much advice. You, you won't need to look at stand-up to learn from it. Watch. Like, that's why I like not even so much watching boxing. Like, I like watching like them before going in i like to see their composure and stuff like all that stuff that's what i think about that's why i like watching ufc when my friends are watching i like watching boxing i like when they cut back and i know that this guy has the fight of the night i know all the pressure that's on them and seeing them you know 30 minutes before and like is he sitting down is he punching the air what's what is he how is he dealing with these nerves do you know what that's, I mean? that's what you focus on to then somehow take all your nerves and build it up into like being calm enough to focus and knock someone out and then after you win with the knockout how do you not you know how do you you know look at look at their career not just fight by fight so it's like that's what's important too it's like you got to be aware that like this isn't a fluke punch i don't want to learn how to knock people out by fluke punches like that nubian show shit wasn't because i got lucky i knew exactly where i was landing those punches and i could do it again tomorrow i can do it again that being said too it's like i'm not i'm letting that shit take me in as like you know fuck yo i might be the, one of the best in the fucking world right now i might be nothing you know what i mean you're like uh-uh look for the next fight and you know you start that one at square one i'm not better than no fighter i'm not better than no show i'm not better than nothing i just want to be the best always that's it you know what i mean i truly do i'll be disappointed that's what i mean there's always something to learn if i go to a show and i'm not the best on the show then fuck i fucked up you know as in like do you ever you ever feel that anymore or do or do you go specifically you feel like you must have the mindset that you are the best to achieve no not beforehand but I definitely better or do, do you the feel best. that now through your decade plus of experience, like where you're at now. Oh, or did yeah, you adopt now. this mindset like six well, years no, ago? At first, it's like just do good. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't <laughs> yeah. come in. That's that's unrealistic. But now it's like you got to keep upping your goals, you know, and if you get to a certain point, it's like maintain it. You know, don't don't sit back and get comfortable. Like, how do I continue to get better? You know? Yeah, which is w- where like the new york and la stuff come in you know? do you have any uh u.s bound plans or what yeah of course it's just so hard to get like green cards and stuff you know and uh get that figured out but like and, and uh truth be told i'm not in the biggest rush you know but i would like to do it big time i don't want to stay around in canada because you hit a ceiling and that's unfortunate i wish they built something for us where there was more opportunity but they haven't and they're not they're not building a future that looks any brighter it only seems to get worse huh it seems to get much much worse yeah much much worse and in the states it w- with every like um bill burr has a thing now i forget where he like br- brings out the new talent there's always 100%. a new platform in the states emerging for yeah. emerging 
stand-up talent. Exactly. There's always, there's so many, like, shows you can get on, even stuff like Conan and stuff. Yeah, late night. There's, there's no not, late night There's here. not one thing like that here. Yeah. Nothing. It's literally pretty much, you got to go, all roads go through the States. And even if you got that level that you wanted here, yeah. you'd be going in the States to eat. You know what I mean? Like, you'd yeah. be touring through this. If you somehow got that level in Canada. Oh, yeah. Like, you'd, no, you'd dip down into the States to, like. Do Saturday Night Live. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. That's the number one thing that's, like, what makes me, like, you know, like, with the jail system. That's what's, like, wor- what works well for the jail system is, like, that's the number one thing. I don't want to fuck up anything because I don't want to not be able to go to the state. Okay. I got, oh, like, uh, you don't want to fuck around here at all. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's, like, let's say I got caught doing something. Yeah. And there's two reasons, like my two biggest fears of jail is like, I don't want to fucking fight every day in jail. Yeah. And I'm not like, you know what I mean? I don't have a jail mindset. I don't want to get fucked up in jail all the time and constantly not be sleeping and getting into fights. Over your shoulder. Looking over my shoulder and all the bad shit that's going to happen. I don't want that. That's one. Two, I don't want to not be able to not travel to the States anymore. If both of those things were eliminated and it was like, actually our jail system's really nice. Security's on it. Nobody ever gets into fights. And there's no permanent criminal record oh you'd just be like I'd be drifting like, drunk so i'd be like okay so i'm just gonna sell drugs because who gives a fuck if i have to go chill for a month yeah okay Do you know i mean that's yeah. just time for me to just write and think but it's a nightmare i don't want to go to jail because if i go to jail it's over yeah oh in real life it's done yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i'm not allowed to go to the states it's over yeah it's done all roads have to go through there can you imagine? Well, of course, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep grinding. And then something goes really well. A YouTube clip of mine takes off and stand That's up That's what would here. happen. And then, you know, Bill Burr's like, like hey, I want you to come do my show. Or you know what would happen? I can't, Either that. Films or in like LA, man. You'd come out. No, no, this is what would happen is you'd come. Like Gucci Man got into Canada. He yeah. has an extensive criminal history. Yeah. He's even murdered. I mean, he got acquitted. But uh, like Drake... In a track, Gucci says that Drake pulled some strings to get him in. But the point is, if you went to the like the level of talent you have at thirty or thirty-one, whatever you are, thirty yet. Let's say you went to prison right now for a year, and you come out and you cannot go into the states. Well, you could fuck up the Canadian comedy scene for a decade. You yeah, just, but that's just no, no, bro. A... You would just tour, tour over and over. Yeah, and but would, like I can already do that. But you would bang it out and make clips like you were saying. Yeah. And then and you'd like, get to a point where the money, the draw you have in the States is so much like tax money that it overrides all this bullshit. You slap on the wrist. Stuff. That people want to come. Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. I, Once I, I, they can make money off of you, we you would can get see, rid of this. I mean, there's just a ton of the people. The lawyers can deal with it, bro. Lawyers. Like, remember Snow? Snow? Who's Snow? Snow, uh, it's like Informa. Oh, yeah, the white rapper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what fucked his whole thing up. Oh, he went, oh, that's why he fell off? That's what Informer's about. Oh, yeah, he's, there's a cell in that music video. And he goes, Snow slap, he stabs somebody. Yeah. And if, like, you look at the lyrics of Informer, because it's like, he's talking really fast, one of the things he says is, like, (laughs) Informer, Snow stabs someone down the lane. Like, they say Snow stabbed, because somebody snitched on him. There was an Informer saying Snow did this. That whole song's about, like, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, he was doing really good in Canada, but, like, there was huge opportunities for him in the States, and it was just, he's not allowed there. Wow. That's the worst way to go out. 
Yeah. But man. now with the internet, you could circumvent that. I don't care. Snow does okay now. He did still pretty good. Like, I mean, fuck. When we were young, he was popping on much music and stuff. Big time. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that whole thing was just a joke, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Yo, I got the camera thing is. Okay, so we're going to wrap this up. Are we out of a camera? Yeah. All good. Is it still recording or no? Yeah, yeah it's still recording. But so, uh, hey, so let's not. Uh, we, can, we don't have to talk about what we were talking about earlier, but. Take this time to plug whatever you want. Uh, I know you might be going out west yeah. with um, Nima Nazari. At, yeah, we're and gonna I had Nima on the pod. Uh, and we can talk about our stuff. Too, yeah, right? well, I, we don't. We haven't really finalized this we stuff. Don't know. But we're going to go out east. Myself, yeah, Paul, or, or, myself yeah. and Jordan Paul Chicchio, who I've had on from uh, Don't Be Sorry podcast. We're going on tour for sure. Yeah. Well, so if, east, if someone's listening to this, we're saying out east. But fuck, if, somebody, if you have somewhere you want us to go anywhere. Anywhere we'll pretty go. much to me and Jordan are going around opening for this guy is really <laughs> what well, we're is. gonna put on a killer show. We'll do our thing. Yo, it's gonna be good. Um, yeah, uh, that's it. Just Paul. Your Thompson gram? Comedy. What's your gram? Instagram is Paul Thompson Comedy. I'm trying to get the Instagram popping. Yeah, follow us and that's Instagram. where you can see and like I put it all on the description and everything. Yeah, you'll see the paintings. He's got all his everything. art up on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit me up, man. Let me know. Let me create. If people want a painting done, you want me to paint a picture of your family. Might be expensive, but hit me up. I'll do Damn. it. <laughs> I'll do it. Group of seven, group of one here, you know? Yeah, inquire. Definitely don't be scared to ask. Um, yeah, so pretty much I'm going to be doing the podcast here in the studio. I kept having issues. I haven't, I haven't dropped an episode in weeks because I kept having issues scheduling it where we were doing it before. So, you know, and I just went out and got all the equipment. I was like, I can I just love do it. this down here. It works. It's nice. As always, rate, review. Um... It's going to get cleaned up in the next couple of uh, episodes. Don't worry. I know it's kind of a mess, but uh, appreciate you listening. We'll see you back out. Come back to the immigrant section. Tell your friends. Peace. Peace.